camp this year, and, and, and that the church is able to provide for that. And so that's a huge, huge blessing. So turn with me, if you would, to Jonah, the book of Jonah. I'm going to give you some time to find it here. I'm not going to lie. I don't blame you if you've got to use your index to, to find the book of Jonah. It takes some time. It's right, uh, pretty much right before the New Testament, right after Obadiah. But you won't find Obadiah because it's only one chapter. The book of Jonah, the book of Jonah. <laughs> find Obadiah, you'll find Jonah. And uh, the book of Jonah, and we're going we're gonna to look through the life of Jonah a little bit here. Um, and I'm going to make some applications, and, and, and hopefully this is a blessing to you tonight. Let's look at the book of Jonah, and starting in verse 1, before we do that, let's pray and ask God to come in the message. Lord, God, thank you so much for today. God, thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for the, the word of God, and Lord, I pray that you would help me in the preaching tonight, and I pray that uh, we would uh, come before you humbly tonight and, and just ask for uh, your blessing, God. Lord, we love you. I pray you bless this time now in Jesus' name. Amen. Jonah chapter 1, Jonah chapter 1, starting in verse number 1, right in the beginning of the book here, Jonah chapter 1, starting in verse 1, it says this, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of uh, Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to uh, Tarshish. And so he paid a fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord." So immediately we jump into the story of Jonah, and I would say that most of us maybe know the story of Jonah pretty well, and I'm still going to explain it and go through the story of Jonah here. Jonah here is a prophet, a, a man of God, or in the South they call it a mog. You ever hear that term before? The mogs? Anybody? Okay. It's M-O-G, man of God, right? The, the mog, right? And so here's Jonah. He's the man of God. He's, he's, the, he's the preacher. He's the missionary. He's the prophet, right? And, and, and he's given a mission by God. God goes to Jonah and says, Jonah, I want you to rise up and I want you to go to Nineveh. And it was very, very clear, very, very direct what God had done for Jonah. And so what does Jonah do? He gets scared, right? He, he, he rises up. And the very first thing he says is, ain't no way I'm going to Nineveh. I'm turning around uh, 180 degrees. I'm going the complete opposite way, right? But by the way, if you're trying to run from the Lord, uh, you're not fooling him, right? You're, you're never out of his sight. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. That's Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 3, right? There, Jonah could not escape the presence of God. And let me say, we cannot escape the presence of God. I, I, I preach this to our young people a lot. But the presence of God, if you're a saved believer, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the presence of God is not just a feeling, right? It's a fact. I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside. It, 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 is, a, it is a fact. It's not just that. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. There's times where maybe we, we feel a little more of that presence, and you know what I'm talking about. Right there, you, you see the glory of God, right? And, and, and that, that fills you up and, and you get excited, right? But if you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside, you have, you have the Lord. 
right? He's in the heart of every believer. And so you cannot get far from the presence of God because why? You got him in your heart. And the, and the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. So here's Jonah, and he's trying to run away from God, run away from the presence of God, and, and he's going to fail miserably, right? And then here's what it says. Look at verse number four. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the city, uh, into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. So here's Jonah. He's, he's already trying to get away from the Lord. And then he gets on this ship. And so God, what he does is he sends a storm into Jonah's life. And, and he's on this ship. And it says that the wind was so boisterous and the wind was uh, uh, so mighty that it was like the ship was breaking. Right? And, and I don't know about you. I, I, loved, I loved to fish. Uh, I, I used to go fishing with my grandpa all the time. And we'd go in this boat. And we'd go fishing on the Hudson River uh, up in New York. And... Uh, and no matter, no matter how windy it was, I begged my grandpa that we'd go fishing. And, and there was one day, I mean, I think it was 25-mile-an-hour winds. Um, I said, no, Grandpa, we, we got to go. We got to go fishing. We, we just have to go fishing. And he's like, all right, get in the boat. And uh, I'll never forget that day. It was like whitewater rapids out on this. By the way, we didn't have, a, like, a fisher's boat. We had, we had a paper boat, right? <laughs> we had, you know, this little two-man boat, and, and I would always sit in the front of the boat because that's where the splashes go bigger, and, and I remember sitting there and go, poof, poof, and just the whole thing rocking my world, and, and we didn't even fish that day. Um, I think we may have caught one because we had uh, the, the lines over the side, and I remember uh, the, the boat was going like this, and I really think that the hook just grabbed one of the fish on, on the way back up, and, uh, and we never really caught anything that day. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's windy, right? You've seen that, those conditions, and, and, and it's boisterous, and, and those, those waves are crashing in on, on Jonah now. And you can imagine this is probably getting pretty scary. So verse number 7, And they said everyone to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots that we may know who caused this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. So, and, and here in this, in this case, they, they're casting lots. And really the best way I can explain casting lots is this. They, they would stand in a circle, and everyone had a, a die in their hand, a, you know, a die. And, and on that die would be like a little arrow, right? And so when they all stand in a circle, they, they basically throw in the center, and whoever has the most arrows pointing towards them, that's, that's the person who did it. So I can kind of imagine Jonah, and they're, they're rocking around on this boat, right? And they all cast lots. They're like, I don't know who did it, but we're about to find out. And they cast these lots, and, and they, they, all the arrows are pointing at Jonah. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know, no, no way. Not me, right? I, and uh, that's actually not what he says, though, right? And uh, he's standing there. And then verse number 8 then they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? And what is thy country? And what people art thou? And then he says this in verse number 9. And, and it's very, very strange to me that he says this. But he says, He said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Question for you. You really think that Jonah feared the Lord? Because honestly, I, I don't see Jonah really fearing the Lord in this moment. I see Jonah fearing Nineveh, right? Jonah was called to a specific place. God had a specific mission for Jonah. And Jonah's in this 
Storm now, and, and, and now, now they know it's, he's the reason, right? Because they cast lots and they found out, hey, what, what is your deal, man? Who are you? And then he has to stand there and say, I'm, I'm a preacher, I'm a prophet, I'm a man of God, and, and I fear God. I'm a Hebrew. This is who I am. And he says, I fear God. Now, I don't know what I would have thought as a fisherman in that moment, but I would have thought, man, you're pretty bold for running away from God. <laughs> right? That, and, and, and Jonah really, in this moment, he's, he's lying through his teeth. He didn't fear God. He feared Nineveh. Let me say this. You don't ever have to fear when God calls you to your Nineveh. When you have God, right, Nineveh is, is nothing. Right? And so when God calls you to it, he'll bring you through it. Right? If God, if God tells you, I want you here, guess what? He's going to provide a way for you to get there. Right? I don't care how scary it is. I don't, I don't care how, how big it may seem. If God calls you to something specific, he wants you to go. He just wants to say yes and trust in him. You don't have to fear Nineveh. You get to fear God. Right? And I'll give it even a personal illustration of that. Uh, I wrestled with the idea of even coming here. For, for, a little, for quite a while. And, and it wasn't that, you know, I, I didn't think that this church was slapping people with fishes, right? <laughs> if you watch Veggie Tales, you know what I'm talking about. But um, it's not because I, I feared that, right? It was, it was just I knew God was calling me to something that, that was different than what I knew. All right? I grew up in New York. I, I've known New York my whole life. I love New York. I, I love the mountains. and and everything in there. I don't like the politics, right? But I like the Ohio politics a whole lot better than New York politics, and, and many of you would agree, right? And so, but God called me to this place, and I can, I can remember, and I can tell you that, that I, I know I'm supposed to be here because God told me to. Listen, I would be, there's, there's no safer place than the will of God. There's, there's no safer place than, than being in the center of God's will. And so if Jonah was, would have just listened <laughs> the first time, he would be a whole lot better off right now. I, I guarantee he would not be going through a, a storm quite like this, but, but God would be providing a way for him to get there. And so don't fear Nineveh, fear God. Moving on. Look at what it says in verse number 10. Then were the men exceedingly afraid. Verse number 10, 110. And they said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord. I always wondered that, you know, you read that and he says, the, the men knew that, that, that he fled from the presence of the Lord. And you kind of ask yourself, well, how, how on earth did they know that? And then you read the rest of the verse, it says, because he had told them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I find that comical. I just think it's kind of weird that it's just, it, they knew that he fled from the Lord. And it's like, man, how does he know that? He told them. All right, there you go. Verse number 11. And then they said unto him, What shall we do unto thee, and that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempest, uh, 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 temptuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Now here we, now you know the story. Jonah's, Jonah's telling the guys, hey, you know what? The problem is me, guys. If you just throw me overboard, I know that this is going to solve the problem. And so verse number 17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Okay, so, so here God, God has purposely uh, uh, put this storm in Jonah's life. 
God, God has put something in his way. He's trying to flee from God. He says, no, God, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm going the opposite way. So Jonah starts walking this way, and God says, you know what, Jonah, I'm going to have to put some things in your life to, to, to humble you. I'm going to have to put some things in your life that you need to trust me, Jonah, and, and turn back around. By the way, I'm, I'm so thankful for the storms that God has put in my life to bring me back to him. Right? Don't, don't make the Lord prepare a great fish for you. <laughs> right? don't, don't run away so far where God says, great fish time. Right? And, and, and what I'm saying is there is times in my life when, when I was a, a teenager, uh, it, it wasn't that I was openly sinning and, and openly rebellious, but in my heart I was already in the far country as a teenager. And I, and I started walking away from God spiritually. Physically, I was walking towards God. Everyone thought I was. Right? I was in church. I was doing what I was supposed to. But in my heart, I was, I was kind of going towards that far country. It looked a little, little better for me. And so spiritually, I was kind of walking away. And, and you know what? God had to send, send some things in my life and, and to the point where it would break me and, and to the point where I would have to turn around to God. And, you know, I'm so thankful for those times now. I'm so thankful for, the, for those hard times. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade my life, how my life has gone for the world. Like, seriously, it, th- yes, has there been hard times? Yes, there has. But it's always brought me closer to God. And, and I'm thankful for certain storms in my life. It, how would you know the goodness of God without the rain, right? How would you know the, the greatness of God without the heartache and the pain? And so that, I'm thankful for those times in my life. And then it says... In verse 17, that he's swallowed up, and he was in, uh, look at the 17, it says, And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then we go to chapter 2, and you look at verse 1, this is what it says. The first word is what? Then. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Now, I don't know, I, I, I imagine that Jonah was a pretty determined man, pretty stubborn guy. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, I would get in trouble, and maybe you, you get in a timeout, right? And, and you go sit on your bed, and, and your parents say, you need to sit here until you fix your heart attitude, or, or you need to, you're, you're staying in here until you, you figure out what you did wrong and everything like that. And I would sit here, and for about five minutes, I, I, would, I would sit and go, yeah, this is not working out. This is too boring, <laughs> right? And so I'd have to fix my heart attitude in that moment. I was like, it's not worth it's not worth me staying here for the three hours and being stubborn. But here's Jonah for three days and three nights in the whale, uh, I'm sorry, not in the whale of a belly, the belly of a whale, right? Not talking to God, still saying stubborn. Then, then after three days and three nights, it says he cried out, verse number two, and he says, and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. You know, I'm so thankful that no matter what point we are in our lives, no matter how, how spiritually low or how spiritually high or, or where we feel physically, that God still hears our prayers. I, I'm so thankful for, for the low moments. Man, God, when we pray tonight, okay, you may feel like you're praying to a brick wall sometimes. And we've, we may have been there where, where you're just praying and praying. And it's like, man, I, don't, I think my, 
my prayers aren't even making it past the ceiling. Man, God hears you every time that you pray. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. I'm so thankful that God, that God hears every single time that we pray. When I was in college, I was going through a really uh, dark time in my, in my life. And, and I remember feeling like uh, just a whole lot of thoughts of just, of just uh, temptation of depression and, and that, those feelings of anxiety. And, and I was going through a really, really just a rough time. And I remember one night that, that I prayed and I'm so gl- glad that God answers very personal prayers. You understand what I'm saying? God answers the most personal prayers. He, most, he answers the most g- generic prayers, too. You know, God answers prayer. And uh, I remember sitting there one night, and, and I, had, I had just been so heavy-hearted and so burdened about something. And I was starting to feel very, well, I don't know, unloved. Uh, let's put it that way. I, I felt like, like, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if anybody appreciates me. <laughs> I sound selfish standing up here and saying that now, right? But, but I, I was sitting there, and, and I, was, I was starting to feel like that, right? And, and I had got on my knees during the invitation. I said, God, and, and I'm praying, and I'm said, I said, God, I, I know your word says that you love me. I, I just need to hear that right now. Like, I, I need to hear that. I, could you send me something, just, just anything, just, just to remind me that I am loved. Like, I, I, know, I know what you said in your word. And God, right now I feel like a terrible Christian because I should just accept that and that should be it, <laughs> right? But, and I was, I was just desperate, you understand? I, I cried. I was crying out to God, and God heard me. When I stood up from, the, from that invitation, and as soon as church was dismissed, I mean, the last amen was said and people started going their way, I felt a, a, a buzz in my pocket. And it was my little sister, and she was calling me. Now, my little sister doesn't call me, right? That she never calls me unless it's something super, super random, right? And, and some of you have met my little sister. She was here for VBS and, and everything like that. And, and uh, I remember sitting there in college, and, and she called me right after I had prayed that and got up from my, from my seat. And, and as soon as we were dismissed, I answered my phone, and she says, Preston, I am just calling to tell you that I love you. And I remember, I remember uh, just like, just God's, man, just the answer to prayer that was in that moment. And, and I just started bawling my eyes out. And I, she doesn't know that I'm crying. I'm trying to hold back the tears so she doesn't think that I'm some lunatic. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm trying to say I love you back. And I'm I love you. And I, I can't even like say it because I'm just... It just was overwhelming. Can I tell you this? No matter how low you feel right now, God, God hears you. God hears you. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Verse number three. For thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. And all thy billows, waves passed over me. And then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed uh, me round about. The reeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth and the bar, her, with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came into thee, and, 
into that, thine holy temple. They that observe laying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Man, as soon as you start crying out to God, as soon as you, you, you reach out to God and you get around back in his presence and, and you realize the goodness of God, it's going to produce thankfulness. It's going to produce a, a thankfulness. He says, I will, I will, I will give my thanksgiving. I, I, will, I will return unto you what is, what is due unto you. Salvation is of God. You're, you are God. And so here it goes. And, and, and here, we, here we go. I lost my notes here. Chapter 3. Jonah, now he's finally, he, he finally gets back into the city, right? And, and, uh, and here's, here's what it says in verse number 10 of chapter 2. It says, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Now, this is just a, a, a little thing about this verse, right? Um, what do we know about a whale's belly? Well, it's, it's full of acid. And what we know about acid is it, it, it will singe or burn hairs off of you. Now, I don't know what Jonah looked like when he came out of the whale, but I guarantee it was not the same as when he went in, right? Um, I imagine he probably looked a, a, maybe a bit scary. <laughs> I imagine he looked just quite a bit different. Uh, you know, no sunlight for three days straight. Uh, you probably begin to, look, begin to look a little pale. Uh, man has no eyebrows now, uh, has no hair on him, right? And he's coming out of this whale's belly, a new creature. <laughs> but not, not a very good looking creature. Just, but as, as a new creature, right? And, and I'm, could you imagine Pastor coming up here next week and, and, and he's lost all of his eyebrow and hair and you, you'd be a little shocked, right? And, and there's just a different guy out here. And, and so Jonah looks a little bit different now and he goes unto the city of Nineveh, right? And in chapter three, he says, uh, and he finally responds to the second calling of God, which thank God for God's grace in this moment that he would even ask him twice, right? The Lord should only have to ask us once, but I'm so thankful that he keeps pushing us, right? Verse number th uh, chapter three, verse one, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh uh, and according to the word of the Lord, now Nineveh was exceeding great city of three days journey. And Jonah began to enter the city's day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So here's, here's Jonah. Now he's going into the city. He's preaching unto them, and he's saying, Hey, you need to repent. Arise. Uh, Nineveh is going to be destroyed in forty days. I'm warning you guys right now. God is coming. He's going to bring judgment, and, and it's coming down hot. And, and you need to repent, right? And, and he says unto them, he says, Arise, go to Nineveh, preach unto them. That is going to be destroyed. So Jonah does exactly that. And then God starts working in the hearts of Nineveh. God starts changing the people in Nineveh. Revival starts happening. Verse number 10 of chapter 3. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Man, I'm so thankful that God's the God of second chances. Here's Jonah. He says, you need to, you need to get right. <laughs> he goes in there and he preaches. He says, this place is going to be destroyed in 40 days and, and you're, getting, you're getting what's coming to you. And it's coming down hard and God's going to bring, bring judgment to this country right now. 40 days. You got 40 days. And he kept preaching that and preaching that. 
And these people, God, God started forming and switching around their hearts. They started repenting. And God looks down and he says, I'm not going to do the evil which I said I was going to do. I forgive you. And these people of Nineveh, man, they, they, they get right with the Lord. And, 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 and that opportunity to just get right with God. And so they repented and, and God, God repented of the evil that he was going to do to them. Right? And, and I'm so glad that God sees right, both things that we do. He sees the evil that we do, but he also sees the good. Right? He, keep, he keeps track of those things. And, and he knows exactly what's going on in our lives. And, and he saw the, the people of Nineveh getting right. And I'm thankful for that. And then verse number one of chapter four comes, and it takes one of the strangest turns. Chapter four and verse number one, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. What, Jonah? Now, how on earth can you be angry when someone else is receiving God's blessing? Right? You, I've seen this happen before in modern-day Christianity. I mean, God, God blesses someone else. We, we've seen it before with Cain and Abel, right? Uh, Cain didn't like that Abel was so spiritual, and therefore he killed him. Now here's Jonah. He says, are you kidding me? Nineveh's not getting what they deserve? Well, aren't you glad that we're not getting what we deserve? A burning hell? A fiery pit? Right? That's what we deserve. Who, who are we to think that we deserve anything from the Lord? Who are we to think that, by the way, anything, I'm gonna, anything above hell is grace. Anything above hell is grace. When you, you live with that mindset, by the way, no job, no job is below me. Right? You're a servant of the Lord. No job is below me. Anything above hell is grace. And I'm so glad that I live in the grace of God. And here's Jonah looking at God's grace being poured on someone else, and he's not happy with it. Let's not be stingy Christians. <laughs> Let's not be the Jonah in, in our lives when, when God decides he, he will bless whom he will bless and he will curse whom he will curse, right? And, and, and let's, not be, let's not be the stingy one that says, that does not make me happy, right? That he shouldn't be promoted. It's not our decision. He, he shouldn't be getting that blessing. He shouldn't be doing that. I don't know why God blesses them financially and not me. I don't know why God blesses them this way but not me. Right? That's not, that's not, that's not how to live. Let's not be a stingy Christian like Jonah here. Verse number two, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was this not my saying? When I was yet in my country, therefore I fled unto Tarshish before I knew. This is what it amazes me. You ready? This is why he's angry. For I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take I beg you, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. You know what Jonah just did? I mean, he just literally described God. I mean, what a beautiful description of God. He says, God, you're gracious. God, you're, you're wonderful. God, you're, you're kind. 
and you're so good to us. And I knew you're merciful, and I just, I knew you were good. I knew that you couldn't do the evil done to them. And I, and I knew that, that, that good things were going to happen. Someone just shoot me. Right? That's, that's Jonah's response. He says, God, I knew you were gracious. Now just take my life from me. I can't stand how gracious you are. Wow. Wow. God forbid that we ever become like that. That we think that we deserve that graciousness because of anything that we've done. It is all the grace of God. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his grace upon your life. That's, that's the goodness that's been on your life. So Jonah says, it'd be better if I just died right now. Then verse number four, then the Lord said, doest thou well to be angry? You got any right to be angry, Jonah? Are you sure that you're you're upset about the right thing right now? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth, and he sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. So now Jonah's pouting. <laughs> Jonah goes out into the, you know, into a high part of the city, and he's just sitting there in his chair, and he's like, okay, God, I'm still waiting for you to destroy it. Uh, I'm just going to wait here and, and just wait and wait and wait, and you're going to destroy it because that's what you said you do, and, and this is how it's going to happen. And, and, then, and then verse number Six, and the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it come up, come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of what? The gourd. Now, that was all introduction. All right. Here's, here's my, my main point tonight. Jonah loved the Lord, loved the gourd over the Lord. And you come to this verse, it says this, man, Jonah did what he was supposed to and, 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 and he preached and, and now he's like, God, you're supposed to, you know, do this and, and you need to bring judgment and, and I thought you were going to judge them and, and why isn't it happening, God? You, you said you were supposed to do this and now he sits on the city and he says, I'm not moving until something happens and now God is still gracious with Jonah and he prepares him a gourd and it comes over his head and it shades him and it relieves him of grief. Man, God's so, so good to Jonah, even in this moment, even how, with how disobedient, with how, uh, how much of a stinky attitude that Jonah's had, God's still gracious to Jonah in this moment. And, and Jonah gets this gourd and it says, it's not even just he's happy. Oh, he's exceeding glad. Oh, it was like, it was like payday for Jonah. <laughs> I mean, he was excited. I can see him sitting there under the gourd and saying, Gourd is so good, right? Gourd is so good. Gourd is so good. It brings shade to me, right? He was exceeding glad. I mean, he was happy about this thing, and it was coming over his head, and, and, and Jonah's focus all of a sudden becomes all on the blessing rather than the blesser. Jonah was just, just overjoyed, and, and, and that was like the only thing that mattered to him in this moment. And God forbid that we ever become people that recognize our blessings way more than we recognize our God. Right? We, tonight, you are blessed. You are blessed. Everyone has shoes on their feet right now. Uh, I, would, I would hope, honestly. <laughs> right? I don't want to smell your feet. All right? But I would say... If you look down at your feet right now, you probably have shoes on. You have clothes on your back. 
there's a roof over our head tonight. Some people don't even have a church building to meet in. And they don't even have a roof to meet under. They do church outside. Man, we're so blessed. Man, tonight we're going to go home and we're probably going to eat leftovers. Or we're going to eat something else. I'm probably going to go home and eat a zebra cake tonight. Because Abe got me hooked on them a year ago. Right? And and what I'm saying here is tonight that we are blessed. And it's not even just spiritually. Like, we are physically blessed. And, and, and we ought to recognize that. But, but it should never, ever, ever become more about the blessing than the blesser. Never in our life shall it become more about the blessings of God than it is about the blesser. Man, I, I am just not only physically blessed, but man, I'm spiritually blessed beyond measure. Man, I'm not going to hell. Man, God, Jesus Christ came down, and just like how Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, in, in Matthew it says, just like that, the Son of Man shall be in the, the, the belly of, of earth for three days and three nights, and he's going to rise again and, and, and pay the price for you, for the sins of you and I. I'm so thankful for salvation. Man, God saved me. He, he's changed my life. I'm spiritually blessed. I have blessings in my life. But God forbid my focus ever becomes more about the gourd than the Lord. Right? More about the blessings, the the shiny things. And and then verse number 8. I'm sorry, verse number 7. But God prepared a worm Then, when the morning arose the next day and it smote the gourd and that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a fervent east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. God said unto Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then they said, the Lord, thou hast had pity on the gourd for the which thou hast not labored. Neither made us it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons and that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? There was a, uh, it was an uneducated nation. They can't even tell their right hand from their left hand. They, they, they didn't have education there. It's a sad, sad city. And God, God is looking. Some of you don't know your right hand, their left hand either, right? Your right and left, right? But, but an uneducated city, right? And, and, and God has mercy on them. And God's, God's pouring out blessings upon them. And we're so physically, physically blessed. We're so physically blessed. But we should never, ever make our lives, well, it has to be first class. I I have to have the newest house. And if I don't have the biggest house to host the biggest Christian parties, then then I'm not with the Lord, right? Then God hasn't been good to me. Or, man, I I need to have, man, God's going to bless me with a brand new car. I'm I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel tonight. And I won't preach that to you. Because it's not true. In fact, I hate to break it to you, but 
whoever shall live godly in this present world shall suffer persecution. <laughs> I don't think having the, the nicest things, possessions, is really suffering. <laughs> right? God, God loves you, and God has mercy on you every single day, and he has blessed you, and it is okay to recognize your blessings. I want you to rec- count your blessings. Name them one by one, but don't ever make it that the blessings mean more than God. Anything that you love more than God is an idol. If you have put anything, whether it's money, whether it's the newest house, whether it's the newest car, whether it's, it's the, how about this, a status, right? Your social status, whether it's, it's how you appear, right? Whatever you have put above God is an idol and it's wrong. And we are no different in that scenario than Jonah. It's easy to look at Jonah and go, wow, he's, he's awful, <laughs> right? He's, he's, he's not right with God. But it's a whole lot harder to look at Jonah and say, oh, that's me. That's me. Would you do this tonight? Would you examine yourself and ask yourself, do I love the Lord over the gourd? Oh, yes, I may have a lot of blessings in my life. And maybe the reasons you don't have a whole lot of things is because God knows that you won't, wouldn't be able to handle it. You would, you would choose the gourd over him. You need to love the Lord over the gourd. Love the Lord over the gourd. He's so gracious and he's so kind and he's so merciful and wonderful. And we need to put our faith and trust in him. He's given us physical blessings, but man, he's given us the greatest spiritual blessing of all time. And that's eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. I get to meet my Savior one day. I get to feel the nail-scarred hands. I get to meet Christ, the one who died for me. I get to meet the one who loves me. And, and, and I never want my life. A man's life consists not of the things which he possesses. Your life does not consist of things. It consists of God. So if you're running from the Lord tonight, turn back to him. Don't, don't, don't make God prepare that great fish for you. Don't, don't get, get out of the storm, man. Get, get, turn to God now. Turn, trust in him. He'll protect you. He'll, he'll provide a way. And man, when, when God blesses another person, why don't, you, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just be happy for him? Why don't you, why don't you praise God for it? When, when God promotes or, or, or does something for someone else, just be, just, just be with it. I mean, be for it. Be, be, praise the Lord for that. And especially this, don't let your focus get on the gourd. Keep your focus on the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, God, I pray that our focus would always be on you. And God, I pray that you would show us what the gourd is in our lives. God, I don't ever want to prioritize a thing or even a person over you. And God, I pray you'd help us stay focused on living for you. God, we love you, and I pray this all in your precious name, Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. To our verse of invitation, if the Lord spoke to your heart, 
Now's the time to respond. Maybe you would ask that God would reveal what the gourd is in your life. Whatever blessing it is, whatever person or thing or possession, maybe you just got to give it back to God again. Sadly, you don't see Jonah saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. In that moment, I think he would have decided to follow the gourd, follow the blessings. It's never too late to turn back for God. invitation to a close and uh, thank you for being here. We're going to have our prayer time. You may be seated and uh, I'm, not, I'm not in here usually when pastor does this so forgive me if I, if I do it a little bit wrong <laughs> but uh, anybody have any praises, any praises from the week that they'd like to share any testimony, praises um, that, that we have before we start in our prayer time yes ma'am Yes, and I was just about to ask that next. Yeah. 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 What driver? Bus driver, and, and, and he said that he would read it, and, and then got to hand it to another person. She, they read it right away. And so that, two, oh, you're breaking the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Does anybody have any other testimonies of the Spring Sewing Sunday School uh, program? Amen. Three different tracks this week so far. That's that you're right on you're right on schedule. We're at the midweek service.